<laughs> so I'm like, where in the world? PP world. <laughs> oh, but seriously, lots of video evidence exists of that man being naked during the England celebrations in front of a PC world. That is a decent exposure. So if uh, the police could do their job, and uh, uh, serve this man a very heavy fine. That would be great. Uh, That'd be great. I mean, if 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 you're naked in front of a PC world, do you really need a fine to bring your life more rock bottom than it already is? I think he was just looking for a replacement dongle. If I'm honest. Hello, everyone. Hi. <laughs> We're not going to talk about the uh, Euro 2020 final anymore because. Uh, fucking this country is disgusting but, but uh, what we are going to talk about is much more sensible things that are absolutely worth it and uh, and you know are um, uh, progressing the uh, pop culture discourse and indeed human uh, thought evolution going forward very important things yeah we're going to talk about two fictional comic book things um, oh yes very important things welcome to Big Dumbcast I am Chris Glorious Purpose Johnson. And I am. <laughs> I am Alligator Loki. <laughs> yeah, you are. But are you a Loki? Or are you just an alligator with a hat on? Well. That's the question. That we don't know the answer to yet because we're recording this before the Loki finale. You want our thoughts on that? Come back next week, you bastards. The Lenali. The Len. Very good. Hey. Very good. Is the finale itself a Loki variant? Probably. Or have all the episodes so far been Loki variants? But before we go any further, <laughs> let's do a big upfront spoiler warning. Yes, oh my god. We're going to spoil the shit out of the penultimate episode of season one of Loki, I suppose yeah. it is. So we by get... the time you're listening to this, um, it's been a week and a half since it came out. We're not doing any soft conversation beforehand. We really want to catch up ahead of next week's episode when we wrap up the series so far. Yes. Um, we're also going to be spoiling the ever-loving shit out of... Black Widow. It's a cover. We'll be fine. Yeah, yeah we're good. We're good. <laughs> I was like, that's going to go. Acapella's all right. Um, love you, Anyway, uh, <laughs> we're going to be talking about Black Widow and its follows. You can probably tell from the thumbnail. And oh, look, Florence Pugh's face. So Florence Pugh, 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 well, she's not going to say pew pew pew. She was funny enough, though. She she brought the thunder, though. Um, and and on reflection, she was my favourite part of the movie. Yeah, and, and we'll get into that. But we'll, we'll go. We'll go. We'll get. So there. spoilers, spoilers, spoilers for all of those two thingies. We will not be holding back. We're doing basically doing a review discussion. So stick around for that. Yeah. Beforehand, though, let's touch very briefly on the other big news this week, which coincidentally happened to be Marvel. So sorry, everybody who's complaining that we're just covering Marvel this week. Sorry, Pete. <laughs> Life's a cruel <laughs> Um, <laughs> what if that new trailer and poster dropped? It looks alright, doesn't it? Oh, it looks a bit sexy. It's a little <laughs> bit. Ooh, it's just doing lots things. of stuff. It's like doing things to me. I'll be I, honest. I, I'm just, I'm just impressed by just how weird they're going with some of it. I just want to rub up against Duarte's head. Mm, well, mm. quite. Quite. Um, yeah, and his bald head. Bald. Um, Marvel's What If is a, a new show from Marvel Studios coming to Disney Plus animated series launching way sooner than we were originally um, sort of hinted at. It's launching in three freaking weeks as of this podcast. Yeah, but don't forget the last year and a bit has just sort of melded into one 
Trube. Time Trube. Uh, and speaking of time, it looks like there's a boatload of what ifisms going on in this time travel alternate reality. Yeah, keeping with the basic comic of the what if, uh, basic premise of the what if comic from Marvel, which is like, hello, do you remember that thing that happened? Well, what if it had gone this way a little bit? Mm. For for any of our like Doctor Who listeners, it's basically like a shitload of episodes of Turn Left. Like it's just a load of yeah, but what happens if this happens? Where does it go then? What happens here? What happens to this person? What happened to time? It goes to places. It goes from fucking places. And there's some pretty obvious ones in the trailer we've touched on before. Uh, Steve Rogers doesn't take the Super Soldier Serum. Peggy Carter does. Mm. So we get a Captain America story with Peggy Carter as Captain Carter, who was the like top trending topic in entertainment I mean, pop yeah, culture for about looks, a day. It looks fucking great. Because mummy, please step on me. Oh, and um, Captain Carter and Lady Dimitrescu. Who wins? Whoever wins, we win even more. <laughs> oh, um, so stop being horny on me. Hey, um, hey, hey, hey. Yes. So, um, um, so there's that, and um, we've seen from footage of that that like t- uh, Howard Stark's going to build an armor that t- uh, Steve's going to drive around, and the Lego set has revealed to us that it's called the um, the Hydra Smasher. I like it. Uh, and we now know Toby Jones is in it as well. We've seen him going, oh shit, in a trailer. Mm. Which is interesting. Um, and you know, there's a few things like, oh look, what if T'Challa was picked up instead of uh, Peter Quill by the Ravagers? So T'Challa is Star-Lord. It's a weird one, but It's okay. a weird one, but like, you know, sure. Visually, I'm like, okay, let's see where this goes. But what this trailer's done that none of the prior marketing has done is revealed that there's a story arc. There's a crossover going on here. Mm. These things are going to intertwine, um, which is not what you'd expect from a what if storyline normally. They are very standalone, so I wonder if we're going to be getting a one division esque like standalone, standalone, standalone. Hang on, that was in the other one. Stand up, wait a minute, uh, and it just sort of tumbles into the storyline. Yeah, because then that gives us a chance to have our what if cake and, and eat it too. I do want that. Mm. Do a cake in the shape of a what if? Is that Shimogura? Is that big tentacle beastie Shumagora? Might well be. I kind of hope so. I mean, it looks like it's got a mouth, and Shumagora doesn't traditionally have a mouth. And he could manifest a mouth. That's very he true. He could mouthifest. He could mouthifest. And um, he has seen enough hentai to know where this is going. Exactly. Um, I, if you're going to do Shumagoraf, do it in the fucking animated series. Animated series. Don't do it in live action. Right, the, he might end up turning up in Multiverse of Madness, so who knows. With the Doctor Strange, Sorcerer Supreme, uh, freaking Marvel Zombies, we get a look at Zombie Iron Man this time. Mm-hmm. Looks like Hawkeye's got a story to himself um, as Renin. Looks like Black Widow has a story featuring her and the Hulk. At one point she's lobbing Red Guardian Shield. That's neat. It's like, that's interesting. Is um, that Red Guardian Shield or is that Taskmaster? Well, we'll I freeze frame that shit. It's the, it's the, it's the grey star with the red... Circle around. Oh, okay. Like, ah. yeah, okay. But that okay. makes me go, hang on, they said this would only be using source material from the first 23 movies. Oops. Ooh. Uh, they it's, lied. It's 10 episodes, so it also isn't an episode per film, mm. um, which I think is why we're going to see multiple characters showing up in multiple people's stories so that mm. we get a bit of everything from the different movies. Like we see our first glimpse of Spider Man, yeah. who's also on the poster wearing Doctor Strange's cape. Yep. Uh, we have a story where it looks like Ultron wins and not only wins based on the poster uses Vision's body and gets the Infinity Stones so a lot's going on daughter of Thanos Gamora in the gold armor with the helicopter blade sword thing gotta love the helicopter blade Um, gotta love Thanos' helicopter Um, (laughs) (laughs) it's it's yeah I'm 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 ready I'd like it now please very much so I am ready to get it we don't have much longer to wait 
you remember when everyone was like, it's going to be Marvel fatigue? <laughs> and then we had a year with no Marvel. And now we're just like, feed me, mother. Give me the Marvel. Feed me, mother. Father, it is time to play in the nursery. <laughs> Bring me my favourite toys again. <laughs> Daddy made you your favourite. Um, <laughs> open wide. Um, <laughs> what are your thoughts on what if? Let us know. BigDamnContact at gmail.com and tweet us at BigDamnCast because we'd love to hear your thoughts. Also, big heads up, if you want to talk to us about the Loki finale, feels like we're wrapping up, doesn't it? If you want to talk to us about the Loki finale, do that in time for next week's recording, uh, which will be... Well, hang on. Let's, let, me, let me check my time-sensitive Google, which will be out. Uh, we recorded this Friday when this episode comes out. Yay! So, okay. Yeah, you buggers. So um, that's Friday the 23rd. Yes, Friday the 23rd we'll be recording our Loki finale episode. So if you want to get your thoughts in, watch Loki's finale going out on the 21st. Uh, 21st? No, hang on. That's what we're talking about. We're dribbling out of our ears. If you want to... <laughs> Fuck. This episode will go out on the 22nd. Yeah. the lo- Thursday. We will be recording... No, 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 this episode's going out on, um, on the... the blah, 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 my maths is terrible, the 15th. <laughs> oh, God, I've skipped a week. Oh, God, no! This yes. episode will be going out on Thursday 15th. Jesus Christ. On, Thurs- on Friday 16th, we will be recording our thoughts on the Loki finale. If you want to join us for that discussion, get your emails in between this Wednesday when the episode comes out and Friday. Uh, so if you're watching this on YouTube, you've probably got, like... An hour to get your email in. Yeah. Hurry up. Because um, next week we're going to talk about the Loki finale. Spoiler alert. Massive spoiler alert now, though, because we're talking the penultimate episode. Yeah. And stick around for the Black Widow chat as well. What, Those who aren't sticking around, bye. See you next week. What can we say about Loki without spoiling it at this point? Rich D. Grant knows how to waft a cape around. Oh, he's having the time of his life, that, that bit where boy. he pisses himself laughing and he just, like, casts it in it's front of him. It, it, it's the... Uh, no, it... The, <laughs> And sits on the chair. The best Richard E. Grant moment <laughs> for me was when he conjures the duplicate of himself. Hmm. And the duplicate of himself is just going for it, Batman 66 style, doing yeah. all his spell casting. While yeah. they while he him and our Loki and Kid Loki and Alligator Loki escape. Yeah. Um <laughs> so very good. Basic summary for those who don't give a shit about spoilers and are still listening. Uh Loki was pruned last week at the TVA. Turns out he's not dead. He's been sent to a place called the Void. Uh, a horrible landscape of uh, pruned and, and variant uh, castaways, uh, which is overseen by a horrible smog monster uh, called Eliath. Uh, and he's saved by a band of Lokis who, in turn, they eventually find Sylvie and Mobius. Mobius M. Mobius, who is also here in the void. Because he got pruned. His pizza delivery car. Yeah. Um, and they, uh, yeah, they, they realise that what they need to do is... Uh, Eliath is obviously the key to whoever's in charge of all of this, so let's uh, let's enchant Eliath, and then we can find whatever the next stage is and lead us conveniently into our part six finale episode. <laughs> lead, us, lead us to Kang or Immortus, one of the two. It's going to be one of the two. Sylvie versus um, Ravona was brilliant. Yeah. in the With Miss Minutes, like yeah. trying to stall for time, going through this roller deck. I like the way that they use Miss Minutes. Oh, really? Yep. Just, oh, it's really deep in the, in the thing. We've got to keep looking. It's like, oh, for God's it's sake. It's definitely here. They, they've pressed a panic button and they're stalling for time. <laughs> <laughs> love it. And I love that Sylvie's solution is just like, um, oh, wait, yeah. And she just prunes herself in front of them. Because <laughs> as far as they're concerned, as far as we know, they're like, oh, she has just killed herself. That's well, weird. Ravona knows that she hasn't. Mm, well, yeah. Because Renslayer knows a little bit more than she's letting on. Mm. Do we think that she does know who's behind it? Well, that's a question, isn't it? Because uh, B... Um, B-15. B-15 
uh, sort of stares her out on it. I'm so glad she's alive. Yeah. I'm really upset she's in a cell. I hope Mobius gets her out. But um, yeah, yeah, of course I, he is. I, he's going to burn it down. I love that, <laughs> especially because it's exactly what Loki said in the first episode: yeah. burn this place to the ground. It's like, so what are you going to do now? Burn the TVA to the ground. <laughs> Thanks for the spark. <laughs> All right, Lightning McQueen, off you go. Oh, um, good. So, good uh, but the fact that B15's like. Um, you know, you, you. Oh my God, you want to know as well, don't yeah. you? To Ravona, it's like you. She obviously knows there's someone above. Like the times timekeepers were fake, and there's someone above, but she doesn't know who's above. Oh yeah, no, because I think she believed the timekeepers were real, didn't she? Or at least like she believed in what they were used for. Yeah, and, and she didn't care about what was above that because it meant the timekeepers were doing their thing, and that's what she dedicated her life to. Because she might be a variant. I I would imagine she is. Yeah. Um. Everything's pointing to Kang, though, and it's kind of weird because it's it's not like the Mephisto theories in One Division where people are like, "Oh, the devil's in the details," or "There's the fly" and all these little things. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like, "Oh, hang on, that could be Mephisto." It's Quang Enterprises owns the Stark Tower that's in the void. Yeah, um, we have Eliath, who is a similar being to Kang, but is more of a, a force of nature, and it's yeah. from a storyline from I think the nineties. Basically, it's a giant smog monster in the sky that also lords over parts of time. Yeah. So, like, and it's in a Kang storyline. It's the Cronival. Yeah, so, it, but exactly, it's like, okay, so, Kang monster, Kang company reference from his most recent disguise in Marvel continuity. Yeah. Um, Ravona Renslayer is, is sort of the secondary antagonist of all this at the moment. Yeah. Uh, and it knows more than everyone else at the TVA. Uh, one of the timekeepers bears a passing resemblance to, like, classic Kang in terms of, like, the bluish face, the the hooded thing. Yes. Which is the one whose head fell off, which we got this sweeping, like, uh, spiralling camera shot at the start of this episode going through all the different layers going into the void. And the last thing it lingers on before it went to the void was that head. Mm. And it's like, it's almost like they're going, come on, Kill just, just fucking all of you, Kill get, get on the Kang train. So we can fucking pull it out of the station next week and reveal it was someone else entirely. Because that's the thing. It's Reed Richards. Well, that, well that's like, like, <laughs> Would it being Kang be a cop-out for the television show Loki? Because I think it would. I think it would sort of be like, I have no investment in this person. It's a surprise villain. Like, we know that there's someone behind the curtain. The Wizard of Oz allegory is used in this episode and everything. Like, we know that it's the whole thing of... Is it? It's not what you thought it was. But, like, at least in The Wizard of Oz, it's kind of a, oh, it's someone on our level also trying to just get by in this crazy fucking emerald world. Is it Loki all along? Well, there's one scene in the trailer we've not seen yet, which is Loki in the Asgardian throne room. That's... Okay. So, to me, the most sense it could make is that it is another Loki. Okay. But what happened last time Loki was the big bad in a movie? He was working for someone else. Yeah, he's always working for someone else. He's working for Thanos. So what's to say it isn't a Loki working for Kang? There's your thread for series two and also something that pays off in Ant-Man 3. Like, because we also had confirmation that there is a second series of Loki in development. So I'm not saying cliffhanger, but I am saying that if they want to earn Kang, they've got the room. They've got the breathing room. Now we get to see Tom Hiddleston have confidence in talents he doesn't have even more. Um, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, he can act. He can act. He, he does he, act. He can well. act like an absolute and beast. He's, when he's he great in this. Something. And he's doubling in this. We get we get our Loki and we get 
Um, President Loki. President Loki. Oh, can we? Should we talk about the variants? Oh, many variants. So, so many variants. We have boastful Loki, who has got sort of a pretty. Uh, it's not modern Loki, but there's a Loki miniseries from a few years ago. Yeah. Where his costume is more like scaled armor and a big hooded like uh, collar and everything. Um, I mean, obviously, in the comic version, he was still a scrawny little white guy. So I'm like, I'm so glad they're not completely married to that and they're willing to cast here, there, and everywhere. They're yeah. variants, for Christ's sake. They don't all have to be skinny white guys. Good work, everybody. Good work. So the fact that that costume saw the harking to that was nice. But did you notice that he had a Mjolnir? Yes. Did you see that it was made out of, uh, I think it's a wrench and like a railroad chunk of track? Oh, I didn't see what it was made of. No. It's, it's not It's not like an alternate Mjolnir. It's a cobbled together fake Mjolnir. Oh, okay, cool. Which, which works because this one's more the Prince of Lies, it seems, than anything else. Oh, yes. Bragging yeah. about killing, I killed Captain America, I killed Iron Man. And Alligator Loki's like, bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. Although Alligator Loki apparently was pruned because he ate the wrong neighbor's cat. Mm. <laughs> Very good. Hey, I want to hear that story. I want to hear that backstory. So Boss for Loki's fun and does the most Loki thing of all. Betrays, betrays the Lokis. The Loki. Oh, God. Betrays the Lokis to other Lokis. Yeah, a, a band of Lokis led by one Loki. Did you spot the... Um, so in episode two when we're shown some of the variants, one of them's yeah. like a dude in sort of uh, a biker helmet with really oh, wiry yeah, apples. yeah. He's the one who goes, well, about that. And then, uh, so he's in the gang of President Loki. And it's like, oh, that's br-. and all of them with their makeshift horns. Because uh, they're obviously lesser to President Loki. He's like corralled them, but they're all still like, well, I'm a Loki. So they've all got different, you know, and you, again, you've got loads of different types, genders, like just brilliant. Different horny helmets. Brilliant. And also, great excuse to get President Loki in there as a reference to the Vote Loki yeah. uh, miniseries from 2016. And like the really sort of iconic looking cover where he's on the front, just like, Come on. Like, with his green suit and, and uh, tiny horns and everything, a little button on his jacket. Oh, um, on his lapel. Love that Hiddleston played that because it was worth it for when Alligator Loki bites his hand. Oh, <laughs> and so good. he just good. screams. The, the highest, <laughs> shrillest scream. So good. Uh, some folks online pointed out that might actually, that might be an Easter egg as well in an episode full of them, which we'll get to. But that might be a reference to the fact that Hiddleston, uh, his other role at Disney is he's played Captain Hook in one of the Tinkerbell movies. <laughs> so an alligator biting his hand off. It's the closest thing you're going to get to a crocodile. That's quite neat. Um, yeah, we also have Kid Loki. Yep. Who is just ripped straight from the goddamn pages of yep. Journey into Mystery, which is also the name of the episode, which yep. is really nice. Um, and he's in charge, which I love. I love the fact that classic Loki played by Richard E. Grant's just like, yeah, no, he's, he's in charge. It's his kingdom. And seems to be uh, somewhat repentant for having killed Thor. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So kid, that's Kid Loki's cock up. Yeah. Um, now he resides in his bowling alley, underground bowling alley lair. Because um, the, the, the sort of th- thing we get from classic Loki and Kid Loki is that they are Lokis that want to change. Yeah. They don't want to just be the same old Loki. And that's... Or, may, or in there. the case of um, classic Loki, made the mistake of changing. Yeah. When time has gone, no, 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 that's not how this works. And it's like, oh, am I not allowed to? Mm. Am I not allowed to change? I want to. Uh, because, yeah, he... Oh, such a nice detail. So his backstory is he had the exact same life as the Loki we all saw in the MCU. Yeah. Except when he attacked Thanos in the start of Infinity War... It was an illusion. Yeah. And he he hid himself as a piece of debris. Yeah. 
and, and that's what's kind of nice. It showed the individual abilities of them all. They ha- they all have different focuses on what they put more time into. And his is, like you said, casting really good illusions. You can go all Adam West in the background. Um, illusions that can, uh, like, properly solid as well. Yeah. Uh, and can, I mean, the rising of fake Asgard at the end of the distraction. Yes. With a sampling of Rise of the uh, uh, Flight of the Valkyries um, yeah. playing in the theme. It's just like, oh, that is cool. Um, so... Like, he he was an illusion. And what was great about that is, that was a fan theory when Infinity War came out from all the stands that were desperately, like, trying to believe Loki was still alive somehow, was that he was disguised because there's a piece of rubble after he dies that flies behind Thor that sort of looks like the silhouette of Loki with the horns. It, it, and it was a fan theory. It was like, oh, he's, yeah. he's alive, he's alive, he's alive. And we were all thankfully like, no, he's dead. Because then it has actual fucking weight. Like, he the dead. Loki we spent time with is gone. He is dead. He's fucked. We get to have our Loki cake and eat it now because we get to spend time with a different one. But that one is dead. The one that we invested in who became a better person is gone. Deal with it. But this one is able to learn from the lessons imparted to the original Loki mm. and be- become a better person. And classic Loki gets to also like take that... Yeah. cake that's been eaten and eat more of it by going hey fan theory guess what it did happen in my universe yeah and then I hid and got really sad and old <laughs> and, <laughs> and then I tried to come back and then I yeah and, and tried to come back and that's when I got pruned which makes me think it's his dimension all the things that happened are the same as the MCU but everyone's wearing the classic 60s costumes yes that's what I like to believe I want to see that I want to see Thanos in big blue pajamas it'll be Thanos copter Speaking of. Which we see in this. Let's, oh, let's dive in. So, he puts um, his name on his helicopter, <laughs> so everyone knows that it's his. So, uh, so many websites misreported on this this week, it's ridiculous. So, oh, God. the Thanos copter appeared once, originally, Yeah. in a, it was like Spidey Super Friends issue, which was a comic book spinning out of the Electric Company. Yeah, because it was... It Kids was, TV uh, show where Spidey's a silent, like, it's a mind skit piece that's yeah. in it. And it was about them going, oh, we'll have a Marvel superhero in our, in our kids' show that's about, you know, morals and, and lessons and maths and literacy, and let's do it. And then they had a comic spin-off from that. One of them had Spider-Man uh, and uh, Hellcat. Yes. Fighting Thanos, who for some reason is in New York, robbing banks, driving a helicopter. Because it's a kid's comic, and the people who put it together just went, oh, he looks interesting. We'll have him. We'll have that guy. And that's it. Like, there's nothing more to it. It's just, it's you know, it's it's just daft and silly. It's like if a kid was playing with the toys and just making up whatever story they want. Yeah. It's just harmless fun. It got ridiculed like crazy. A few years ago, a Deadpool comic where they go back in time brought it up for jokes. And he was in a Thanos copter and they take the piss out of it. And it's like, ah, there we go. Memes. That's the picture a load of these articles have been using. And it's like, Ugh. get your sources right, you bastards. Um, but yeah. It's an oft-joked-about thing. Why would the mad titan, the like, you know, <laughs> the guy who commits half genocides around the universe, drive a silly helicopter with his name on it? Don't know. But in one of these realities, it fucking exists because there it is in the void. Uh, we also had the Red Skull's rocket from um, Captain America: First Avenger, the twirly one. Yep. We had a helicarrier with a giant fucking Hydra logo on its main base. Uh, we had, uh, I'm just trying to list off stuff that we've seen in the films before. We've had... Uh, a giant yellow jacket helmet. Giant yellow jacket helmet. Um, is it the same one? I mean, who fucking knows at this point? Who Maybe knows? It is. Maybe he was in the Macroverse too long after being shrunk down to fuck and a TVA showed up and went, yeah, you're not meant to be here. Prune. Who knows? Um, who could say? Uh, or dare to dream. We had the Great Aster, uh, the Dark Aster. 
Yes. Um, uh, Ronan, Ronan ship, ship from yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, I, it could be a accuser ship because they all look the same. But yeah, true. Yeah. Hey, come on now. <coughs> don't, don't be so. Don't be so Ronan the accusist. Jesus Christ! Man. I accuse you. <laughs> I am an accuser, and I accuse you. J'accuse. <laughs> Fair um, um, oh fuck what else up from Marvel there's the Stark Tower um, except it's Quang Tower <laughs> and there's probably more but uh, in terms of other stuff that was just kind of kooky and cool from pop culture there was the um, SS uh, Bastard Eldridge Eldridge that's the one I was going to look up there SS Eldridge which myths about it saying that oh it was part of an invisibility experiment that got teleported to another dimension despite the fact there's a record of it being scrapped in the late 90s so of course Mm. it didn't but they played into it that well maybe in one universe yeah it just vanished like Bermuda Triangle style and ended up in the void we have a sphinx without a broken nose (laughs) which which makes you go hang on is that why that's been pruned because it didn't get broken (laughs) what the fuck Uh, we've got several of the seven wonders of the world uh, well, the eight wonders of the world, if you want to go that far. Mm-hmm. Um, scattered around. We've got uh, Golden Gate Bridge, just all smushed at one point, like into a corner, all crammed together. Uh, and then we have the bowling alley itself, which has got, uh, what's the name of the video game? Polybius. Polybius, which apparently, again, urban legend, uh, hypnosis and epilepsy triggering things in it that yeah. are meant to condition children into becoming like violent and all this and the other. So, oh look, it's it's a random like conspiracy thing. Let's stick it in here. We've also got a bunch of kind of discarded things, which no one uses anymore, or has been left behind. Kind of like how Loki's feeling, and all the various Lokis are feeling. To name but a few. Yep. Ecto-Cooler. Yep. Kid Loki's drinking Ecto-Cooler. A popular drink in the 90s, because in real Ghostbusters, that then and just, ah, just, ah, we're done with it now. Yep. Ghostbusters ain't popular anymore, stop making it. Um, the film on the billboard uh, for the drive-in movie that Mobius drives by when he finds Loki... Uh, is an allusion to uh, one of the first shorts with Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, Disney's yeah. first character, <laughs> where he goes to Mars and is like dumped there and finds a bunch of other like you know creatures out there who've been abandoned there. So mirroring the plot of Loki and is about the Disney character that got abandoned and replaced with Mickey Mouse. And it's like, oh, that is some. That is some delicious meta shit. That is some very good, guys. Well, the people who designed this like, like making things. That's the sense I get from this show. The people who make it like to make things. Yes. And they're making things very well. Yes, I believe so. Uh, we have the head of the living tribunal. A statue of the yeah. head of the living tribunal. The fucking living tribunal. The sort of the overseer of like justice and, and righteousness in the universe. With its three-faced head. Just a big old statue of it. Don't pay any attention to it, anybody. It's mm. just there. It's like, what? Um, God, there's loads. There'll be stuff we've missed. There will be stuff we've missed. Yeah, I'm just trying to find a list to see if there's anything like really cool that we missed. But of, um, uh, the most kind of obvious nod is uh, to uh, <laughs> Thor, Frog of Thunder <laughs> slash Throg. Because <laughs> again, yes. let's point this out. They are two separate characters. <laughs> One of them's Thor, and the other's a dude who got turned into a th- frog Thor. But this references both of them. Because <laughs> the way he's dressed and the way he's trying to get hold of Mjolnir yeah. uh, is a reference to the latter one. 
and the number on the jar he's been trapped in in the Simpsons floor gag that we see him in, which is brilliant. Like going through the earth. Like <laughs> that's one of my favourite things that the Simpsons sort of gave us. The going from upstairs to downstairs or vice versa shot where you see through the floorboards and there's always just something there that shouldn't be there. Yeah. We got it with Loki and it's it's uh, a jar with the issue number of Thor being turned into a frog on it. Um, and a Mjolnir. There's a whole freaking Mjolnir there. Like, if one of the Lokis knew that, they'd probably try and get to it, right? They'd be like, we could probably use this in some way. Yeah. I mean, none of us are fucking worthy, but we could try. Poor little frog. Poor little frog. There is one little one that we missed. <laughs> well, I'm not surprised we missed it because it's... Teensy. It's teensy and very clever. The number plate on the pizza delivery car that Morbius is driving. Go on, yeah, yeah. Is GRNW1D, which is a reference to Mark Grunewald. Mark Grunewald is a Marvel artist who was the basis for the comics version of Mobius, hmm. appearance-wise. Yeah, so Mobius is driving a car with a license plate referencing the dude who inspired how Mobius looks in the first place. Hmm. That, again... Is it It's very Easter good. Egg. It's very, very good. That's a lovely, lovely little Easter egg. Um, basically, pedantic Easter egg searching and hunting nerds were fed very well this week. Mm. That does not take away from just how fucking good the episode was as a setup for our last episode. Though. I am full, full of reference pudding. <laughs> <laughs> Feed me trivia. Father, bring me the trivia meat platter. I am sated by mythology gags. Um, Where do you sit on the Loki Sil... Ah, well, that's it for this week, guys. (laughs) Where do you sit on the Loki Sylvie romance? I don't know how I feel about it. It's weird, isn't it? Mm. Like, I love the idea that, as Moby's put last week, of course the only person you could ever, like, fall in love with is yourself. But I thought that still left it open to interpretation as to whether it was, like having actual love and self-care for himself through Sylvie, like seeing how brilliant he and they could all be and, and you know, how much they need to... that They need to stop trying to appealing... Stop trying to appeal to others and, like, rule others to be important. It's like, they are good enough. Mm. And I kind of thought that's where they were going. And then before he got pruned last week, it was like, hang on, this seems more like a lovey-dovey speech. And then this week, two half-frost giants both pretend to be cold so they can share a blanket. And I'm like, this is... They're really going here. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Don't know how I feel. Don't know how I feel. It's odd. It's, it's, do you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of Missy and the Master flirting in The Doctor Falls. Yeah. Uh, I hated that as well. I was like, nope. Nope. Like, Feels wrong. Flirting, fine. That's kind of cute and hilarious, whatever. But like, the Master making a reference to the fact that he's got a hard on. And it's just like, what is happening? Like, why is this happening? Now we've got Loki's trying to... Bang. Yeah, and I, and that's the thing. What's been really refreshing about this series is so far is oh my god, look, hey, male and female characters can have a platonic relationship of being like friends, achieving a goal, and like loving each other because they they love each other as human beings. Like, isn't this wonderful to see? Same way that like um, it annoyed me that the fandom has been really leaning into Loki Mobius slash because I'm like, that's fine if you want to do that. But what was really lovely about the this was seeing are always going to lean into we're seeing two slash, male though. characters actually getting along and and having do you know what I mean? the yeah, same the same, how many the same that are annoyed slash. the same that are annoyed that that um, Anthony Mackie is taken aback by the Bucky Sam slash fiction because he too is like but isn't it just nice to like see what we've spent a lot of time working on which is two 
usually aggressive male characters actually being open and and yeah. and loving them. No, each I get other. it. I get it. It's sort of like headcanon, fine. You guys do whatever you want to jerk off to, you do that. That is great. If you feel like it'd be better representation in your headcanon, go for it. But like it's so refreshing after years of it being several archetypes of how characters of certain genders should re- interact with each other. It's so refreshing to see that finally getting smashed down. And it's kind of then upsetting to be like, nope, they're leaning back into the male and female lead are going to fall in love by the end of it. I'm like, come on. I do think it's a subversion in that they are both the same person. Yeah. And I think there will there will yeah. probably be some kind of twist on it. But, yeah. I, you know, it is what it is. And if mm. they go that way, they go that way. If they don't go that way, they don't go that way. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I don't really have any strong feelings on it either way. I do. It should be Loki slash Alligator Loki. Yeah. I don't think that's... I'm gonna Get that scale, King. Get that scale, Dick. Get that scale. <laughs> Get um, the scaling dick, King. Woo! Get right in that cloaca. Um, they enchant Eliath. They enchant um, Eliath. A castle is revealed. A castle. A, a, a citadel, one a might cit- say. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? It's like, you just... You just... You're writing Kang on our foreheads and tattooing it in. Yeah. Like, if it isn't Kang, it's going to upset a lot of people. If it is Kang, it's going to upset a lot of people. Um, it's a Mephisto Quicksilver thing, again. So what I'm saying to y'all, if you happen to listen to this before you watch the finale, if you watch the finale a few days late, my advice is calm down. Hmm. Let them tell the story they're telling. Feel how you feel about it afterwards. Because otherwise, your projections on what you expect it to be are just going to colour and taint whatever they do. And you're going to upset yourself over something you've caused. See Taskmaster later in this discussion. I think... Yeah. I think it's Kang, though. <laughs> it was Kang and I'm all fully, along. And I'm fully prepared to eat those words. But I, I, I just... You're fully if, pre- prepared to eat a temporal it's, sandwich? It's going to be one of, the, one of two things. It's going to be Kang slash Immortus. So three. it's going to be three things. One of three things. It's going to be Kang, mm. or it's going to be Immortus, or, or it's going to be Loki. Yeah. And the series is called Loki. I'd so like it to it be Loki, sense. just for the, the cyclical nature of the series. Yeah. Um... One theory I do kind of think is like, oh, that's cute, is Mobius is a Loki. And he doesn't know it, because he's a variant. Um, <laughs> which would possibly lean on the idea that maybe everyone at the TVA is a Loki. If a Loki's in charge, it's possible that they're all Lokis. They Just don't realise it. Infinite Loki variants. Which, which would explain yeah. the name of the series and everything. It's yeah. like, yeah. oh, you wanted more Loki, did you? After we killed him. Well, here's all of them. It's fucking hundreds of them. Infinite in Loki. SWAT armour and tweed suits and like spectacles in a library looking really pissed off that one dude's trying to talk to her. Wow. Like, wow, we're all Lokis. Wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> get my jet ski. <laughs> Finally get to ride it. I'm burdened with glorious purpose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear me. I really like that drink now. Yeah, it, um, I mean, it's good. It's good, It's good, isn't it? It's, it's a good it show. It to and be I, good. I can't wait to see how it ends. And we're open to it. We're open to interpretation and adaptation. Which I think is why, for the most part, we both enjoyed... Black Widow. There he goes. Did you use that? As the title song, instead of Smells Like Teen Spirit. Yes! A shitty cover of uh, Teen Spirit. And without, without, without even using the words Black Widow. Like, yeah. just te- dick teasers. Like, give us a little wiggle. Like the, um... Give our give penis a little musical tickle. I'll be like, oh, we're going to use the Alice Cooper song. But you're not going to hear the words. At the end credits of Iron Man. Iron Man, yeah. But they just go in on it. But doesn't actually... 
have the lyrics in it. Yeah. Because they're like, um, you know. You know. You know. You know. You don't need us to elaborate. Um, Just really quick side note. Um, I watched Spider-Man 3 last night because we, we watched two earlier in the week. Oh, and then, God. And then Lucy went, oh, I really want to watch the outtakes for number three because they are probably the most yeah. the most famous out- DVD outtakes of all time. Yeah. And I went, if we do that, we're going to watch number three. She was like, you're going to make me watch the outtakes afterwards, aren't you? I was like, yes, I am. Uh, <laughs> we are committed to this trilogy. We are doing it. Um, and we did. And again, I enjoy Spider-Man 3. It's awful. But, like, everything that Sam Raimi gets to do that is completely his vision is really nice. Yeah, the Sam stuff's great. And, yeah, and, yeah. And, and his take on Peter becoming cocky and confident after the black suit becomes a part of his life absolutely fits that Peter Parker. Mm. He would think he's being cool whilst looking like a fucking idiot. Now, Peter Parker's a fucking dweeb stuff. But the problem is, I've realised my main issue with that film is now, aside from <clears> Avi Arad's <throat> interference and all the stuff that Sam Raimi was made to put in, Yeah. Our three leads, Peter Parker, Mary Jane Watson, and Harry Osborn, are all unlikable as fuck throughout the entire film. Yeah. Peter acts like a dick pre-symbiote. Yeah. So when he gets the symbiote, it doesn't... He's no different. He's just dancing a bit. Yeah. And it's like, that's weird. That's really weird to me. Now, had he been completely pure and innocent and then become a dick, I think it would play better. But anyway. anyway I think it would play better at the time. The end credits music is the most late 90s end credits music you will ever hear. Which is weird considering it's a 2007 movie. Yeah, but, but like, it, it all feels the songs that play in the end 90s, credits, yeah. oh, it's weird. Whereas yeah. the credits for number one and number two all sound like, yeah, these are mid 2000s, like new metal, like metal, yeah. pop metal kind of songs. Like, number three is just like, who put on this REM cover album? Like, what's happening? Yeah. This is really weird. Um, Black Widow opening credits, Smells Like Team Spirit, fit weird, didn't it? So, it was a cool, first, I liked the sequence, but that music's I, I like The sequence goes on too long. Hmm. So, the, the, there are, Black Widow's. Pretty good. It's solid, decent Marvel action. Yeah. It's it's um, beat it. I have some problems with it. I have quite a few, actually. And we'll talk, I, still, I still dug it. We'll talk about the problems first, and then yeah. we'll talk about everything we like about it, which is quite a lot. But the problems are, one, the pacing's all over the place. Yes. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. is which is sort it, of exacerbated by the fact that they open with a long flashback sequence, mm. then you get a long title sequence with this terrible cover of Smells Like Scene Spirit. And then you get... Yeah, I hate it. 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 Please stop. Go get popcorn. No. Don't. Here's your toilet break. No. It's it's just so fucking maudlin. I keep bringing up that fucking like, that whatever the advert was where it used a cover of You're the One That I Want from Greece. It's like... And my heart is set on you. It's like, what are you doing? No, you you fucking you've cut this song's throat and bled it of everything yeah. that makes it interesting. Oh, yeah. sorry. So you get that, and then you get a setting to sort of let us know where we are. Yeah. And then it's sort of like its main problem. Then I find pacing wise is the action beats are all really interesting. But the best shit in the movie from that point is the familial quiet scenes. Yeah, yeah, and. It gets to the point where they're, they're so good that the action almost feels like it's getting in the way of something. And I think, else. It, I think in some way, I think it might be the case. I don't know. I've not, I'm not listening to um, Kate Shotland, the director, talk about this mm. movie a lot. But it does feel like um, something that people have talked about who've worked on Marvel movies before who are not necessarily used to doing action stuff mm. is that is that Marvel would just be like, oh no, we have a team for that. Don't worry about it. So it yeah. feels almost like it's a different film. Yeah, and they just put in. Um, there's, there's very few directors that sort of. Come out of it and 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 said like oh no yeah I was I was across like every aspect mm. of how it was delivered, um, 
and they're the ones that I do were the ones that collaborated with like the stunt teams and, and, and the second units and everything like, like more like the Ta- Russos the Russos yeah. uh, Taika Waititi yeah. like because you can tell because the way the action's choreographed in, in his yeah. Thor movie there's an awful lot of the same tonal humour that's in the rest of the film and yeah. it's sort of there's some, there's some really neat right. choreography in this yeah but it's quite choppily edited do you know which one um, it reminded me of the most and not because of the obvious reason dear listener Captain Marvel I just there's some pacing issues with it and I felt like the action, mm. mostly down to the editing and the choices of shots, mm. the action wasn't translated too well. No. Like you can see what's happening in each fight scene, but at no point does that camera... Jackie Chan has a lot of things we should not learn from him, mostly yeah. in his personal life. But in terms of as a filmmaker, can everyone who's making action in Hollywood today just watch a shitload of Jackie Chan, please? Yeah, yeah. Because he knows how to like go and pull the camera back and show what the fuck is happening. Mm. All the shit we've worked at really carefully to choreograph and stage, show it. Yeah, you're doing a disservice to your stunt performers, essentially. Yeah. Uh, so that's a problem with it. Yeah. Um, and also, towards the end, there's a gaping plot hole. Oh, which one? So, um... <laughs> there's a few, but go on, which one? The one, the one? the one that got me is... So, as the movie ends... The bad guy's been defeated. The the new red room's been destroyed. Yeah. And oh yeah. And uh, Thunderbolt Ross is on his way because they had already put out, a... or at least one shot of uh, William Hurt in the front of a car. Yeah. And then a lot of shots of jeeps are on their way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because that. maybe they just didn't have him for the day. But go on. Yeah. Because Widow, like, because <laughs> um, Tasha has has sort of she's on the run from from Ross after the events of Civil War, but. She's brought him in as the sort of bigger fish to help deal with the red room, but then they dealt with the red room already. So, but he's still on his way, and da, 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 da. Um, because he doesn't know why he's going there. He just knows he's going after Natasha. Um, and then you get the shot of uh, she gets, she makes the rest of the family sort of lets them escape. They have their goodbye moment. Yeah, they have the goodbye moment, which is quite well played as a, as a goodbye moment. It's like, okay, I I yeah. believe this is the last interaction these characters have. Before she goes into the events of Infinity War and Endgame. Yeah. Um, and um, you had this moment of uh, her looking at, as the jeeps arrive and then it fades and then we get, and then it's two weeks later. Yeah. And you don't know, and she's like, she's got the blonde hair, she's got the Infinity War outfit on, which you now know is the is the vest it was, uh, Elena's. Which um, didn't feel as gratuitous as like, all the stuff in Solo, for example. No, it was quite subtle. It was, it was like, oh, that's... So you, you're watching it and you're going, oh, that's kind of like the vest she wears. And, yeah. and then they keep chatting about how it's got pockets. It's like, oh, what a fucking miracle. A female clothing item with pockets. Yeah. It's great. And then at the end, it's like, go on, you can have... And it's totally sisterly and it, it doesn't yeah. feel gratuitous. Again, their relationship's great. Um, mm. Florence Pugh's the best thing in this movie. But oh, again, God, we'll yeah. That. yeah. Um, so... But then, yeah, just flashes forward two weeks. Just flashes forward two weeks. And, and, she's, and, now, and she's now, like, salon-dyed blonde. Yeah. And I'm like... Wait, hang on. So this is still two years before Infinity War. Yeah. And five years after that is the bulk of Endgame where it's just coming out the tip of her hair. And she How much bleach did she use? That's yeah. seven years. She, seven years as she, a blonde. She gets her Quinjet. <laughs> From and one die job. There's a lot more. There's a, well, she can That's the ball. That's the biggest plot. There's a lot more blonde going around because there's fewer people to dye it. Uh, to diet with it's a boon in natural resources our, sto- our stock of blonde dye doubled yeah. after half the population disappeared yeah. in a snap uh, blondes <laughs> I guess do have more fun if they're not been snapped um, so <laughs> I see why they did that they did the blonde thing at the end to be like see yeah, it ties in. Anyone, it but ties it's like in. 
Why is it two weeks later? Like, give us yeah. what, give us one year later. Or, or just or give something. or just give us what actually happened between Ross and Widow instead of it just going to two weeks later and it just feels like there's a missing scene. Also, it's very she, odd. She says like she's gonna go break some friends out. So it's like, oh, so is this around the same time as the Tony Stank um, cell phone from Steve scene? Where, because um, like, as Tony's like reading Steve's message at the end of the war, that's where we see him breaking like um, Scott and, well, doesn't break Scott out, does he? Uh, breaking, um, going to break out the others in the the very end of Civil War. We yeah. see him like outside of the cells. It which be. we then learn in Ant-Man and the Wasp is like, well, actually, Scott and Barton were let out on probation yeah. tags. They took so. they took plea deals. So, so it's um, like, are they trying to do it so it syncs up with that? Because then it's like, yeah. So that means the events of Black Widow happened like over the course of a couple of days and then two weeks later she buggers off to do that. And it's like, just make it a year later. And yeah. then and then as annoying as it is we don't see the resolution of the scene with Ross, we can at least go, well obviously she got so, out of Yeah. It. But that that's the most annoying it's, that's yeah. the most annoying thing is it is that the plot just stops as, and doesn't resolve itself because you set up the conflict with Ross yeah. in the first act, and then he comes back into it and you just don't do anything with it. It's very weird. When we saw it in the cinema. By the way, first full-on cinema trip for me and Lucy. Um, first one for you guys since sort of toward the end of last year, right? I know we went... Um, oh, you went earlier this year to see... We went, uh, well, I went earlier oh. this year with House Hand to see uh, Ryan and the Last Dragon. Ah, there you go. Oh. Um, um, <laughs> but like, uh, that was really cool. But Keeks pointed out, she was like, why don't you just like duck behind some rubble or something? Like, we just yeah. see her hiding. Because then we could at least buy the idea that she snuck away before Ross yeah, arrived. which she could do, but... It's weird. It's because they wanted the action shot and yeah. they stood there like, Scarlett Johansson profile shot, cut to and black. it just, it's just, it, it honestly does feel like, it's like, it's like missing real. Mm. It's like, it's like, yeah. they're doing the fucking, in the, in Death Proof and Planet Terror yeah. where you've got the missing real bit. Yeah. But it's actually in a fucking moment that's like, it's just, it, and it's, you know, I guess you can sort of fill in the blanks like, in, in your mind, but you shouldn't have to do that in a film. The this. film should, Tell you a story, so it's almost like it, it needs another. It needed another draft, but f- <clears throat> those problems aside, I thought it was real solid uh, and real good fun. Um, what, what issues did you have with it before we get into the really positive stuff? I mean, my, my biggest issues, my absolute biggest issues, were just editing, and I feel like the script needed another draft. Yeah, just one more go over, and it would have been nice and tight. Because as it was. There were flashes of brilliance, mostly in the quiet scenes. Yeah. My God, the quiet scenes were yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Um, I loved the opening. Yeah. I adored the opening yeah, yeah. set in 95. I thought that was brilliant. The, the core family dynamic of... And that horror of them arriving at the... Uh, where is it they, they land? Um, Cuba. Uh, yeah. yeah. They Cuba. arrive there and Vol- uh, Volkov um, uh, basically taking the, the Romanov daughters away. Drakov. Drakov does, yeah. that's it, yeah. Uh, oh, of course, because she dubs herself Romanov later. Yeah. I'm assuming Yelena just goes, uh, Belova, sure, that's my, that's my well, surname. I think those were, those were probably their names anyway. Ah, oh, so they found out the birth names. Yeah, because they were assigned yeah. to be a family. Yeah. Before oh, that, the that's, that's something that yeah. I thought was nice and disturbing. The credits made that unclear, because it's like, oh, they have a family life. And then the credits, you see them being like posed for Christmas photos, yeah. things like that. And then later in the film, we learned that that happened pre-America. Yeah, because you, you, you like, see in, oh. <laughs> in, in that intro sequence, you see young Tasha try and bring the album with him. Pre-blue hair dye yeah. Tasha as well, like in, in the photos. Yeah. So it's like... Uh, yeah. And she get, gets made to left it behind and then she finds it later in... Yeah, in, Melina's got in, it. In, Melina's got showing it. Showing that she does have some kind of affection for them still yeah. as a family. And so, yeah, they kind of get put together but as a, as a sort of fake family but they have kind of a familial bond and it is yeah. the sort of interplay of... 
uh, Scarlett Johansson, Florence Pugh, David Harbour, and Rachel Weisz. Uh, the, the, the best scene really, of the really entire works. movie is them all sat around the dinner table at yeah. Melina's pig farm. Yeah, yeah. And then the following scene with Yelena and uh, Alexi. Yeah. Um, and them singing American Pie. Like that is that 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 sequence of like fifteen minutes was the best part of the film. Yeah. It was so I'm solid. Down. Great character work. Um, and again, it was it was wonderful because it was that whole thing too of like, you see them as a family at the beginning and it's really sweet, but obviously you know there's something wrong. And naturally as a viewer, you want Black Widow to be okay because you know the character. Yeah. And you see family unit, you see the parents protecting the kids, you want them to be okay. And then you get that brilliant moment of horror where Volkov just takes them both. Yeah. And it's like, and, 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 and dad is totally fine with it. Because he's like, yeah, this is part of it. It's okay. You'll be all right. You'll be strong. My girls are strong. See you later. Notice that in the earliest trailers, there was shots of him later being like, my girls strong. Yeah, yeah. not in the film. So I'm like, wonder how much was cut out. Um, yeah, well, yeah. it does feel like there's stuff missing. There's it's chops. odd. There's some weird it's chops. odd. So, um, so that horror there, and then juxtaposed with when they finally get back together later, there's natural tension. But Melina and Alexi especially are just like, oh, this is fucking wonderful, isn't yeah. it? This is great. Because they're clear. They they clearly still have feelings for each other. And, yeah, and, and, but, but and also, a cool also yeah, also like had that enough of a separation. Yeah. They were like, oh, it was the job, but it was a great job, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah, no, I adored you. You were great, and oh, it was wonderful. And yeah, kind of romantic, and we totally fucked. And this is wonderful. Yeah. Isn't life fantastic? But and they, oh, it's good to see you. Anyway, hi girls, who saw it as way more than just a job. How are you both doing? Why are you both sad? But I think I think they all saw it as more than just a job. Yeah, well, but the, the, how, the, girl, how the girls even it. more so. Yeah, how much they admit yeah. it becomes different over the course of the oh, film. God, Yelena. Just the whole, like, it was real to me stuff is, yeah. like, so effective. She was three. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, like she was it, told from an early age, this is a mission, it's a mission, yeah. it's a mission. But, like, it was also her childhood. Well, I mean, how 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 much can you condition a three-year-old? Yeah. Oh, um, do you remember we were trying to work out the age after the film? Like, how old Natasha would be then as everything goes yes. back? So, somewhere in one of the Marvel productions, I saw this the other day, her birth year is listed as 1984. So she is 11 in the events of the flashback at the beginning that of the works. film. That works out. Uh, meaning that the events of Infinity War are in 2018. So they're what, 13 years later? Yeah. Is that right? No, 23 years. 23 later. years later. So she is uh, 34. 34 in Infinity War. Yeah. Meaning she's 39 in Endgame. Yeah. So that's, I buy that. No, I buy that. So I was trying to figure it out. I was like, Hang on, how, so old, how, how is old is Natasha? Scarlett Johansson's like 35, isn't she? Yeah. So like by uh, the time of by the time of Endgame, she is uh, about to turn or has turned 40 by the events of Endgame. I can buy that. Uh, which completely makes sense. Um, and also kind of adds reverse weight to the, the trauma of this movie because you're like, holy shit. Like she she's lived like, you know, five decades on this planet. Yeah. And and never really got to address the trauma of her childhood until this one story where like it just comes back at this period in time. It's got your hands on thirty seven. Oh right, yeah, so there we go. So, so yeah. So the um, you you're playing with like five five years and stuff. And also Wow, she's been playing this role since her mid twenties. <laughs> that's a weird thought, isn't it? And that's my other big critique of the film. We don't really get to know who Natasha is. No, for a film that's she, about Natasha, it's actually more she, about she's still who we've already met. Yeah, and I think that's what's in character there is that Natasha is a wall. Yeah, and the only time we really see her be vulnerable in any of the movies 
is we see a flash of it on her face when Loki starts whipping out secrets, including Volkov's daughter. Drakov's daughter. Drakov's daughter, sorry. Stop saying Volkov. Yeah, what's Volkov? I don't know. know. Drakov's daughter. What a way to plant that seed, though. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's either the makers of Black Widow going, let's use that. That's that's exactly what it is. Yeah. There's no way that they've set this... Plot up before the mm. yeah because oh, yeah, of course we have mentions of Drakov's we have mentions of Drakov's daughter in Budapest slash Budapest um, in Avengers so we kind of now get a sense of like where everything yeah happened so it and feels what's going it, it fills in those blanks but it and, doesn't but so aside from her like momentary kind of like what the fuck how do you know about that but then she obviously turns it around anyway and turns it into a thank you for your cooperation which yeah. she then uses against uh, Drakov in this yep. she says that at the end she's like that's a nice little bookend it's part of a training yeah. um. But the only other time we see a vulnerable is the peanut butter jelly sandwich scene with Steve in Endgame. And that I kind of buy because by that point, she's 39. She's been through so much shit. She has lost everything. Mm. She can't be stoic anymore. It's gone. I completely buy it. And it's almost like that's her being unlocked. So it completely makes sense that she then makes the sacrifice play later because she's like, I'm, you know what? This is the best thing I could do like that. I want everything to be back how it should be. Yeah. And if I have to die for that to happen, then I'm going to make it happen. And it, and it makes sense. Um, it, it does make this fe- this movie feel sort of arrested because mm. she can't have that character out because yeah. she's already had it after the events. Now, the movie. way to have done it in this is to have someone confront her with her own psychology and have Natasha just react with her eyes. Like, just have those mm. moments where she's like, she doesn't say anything, but you can see it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Let let jo- let Johansson act her balls off without saying anything. Yeah. Um. That would have been that would have been the way to do it, and then just make it a solo adventure where it is. But uh, the other way to do it is you know, Carmen San Diego, Indiana Jones, that shit. Like make it so it's just like she's the central character, mm. and even if we don't really dig emotionally into her in a way we haven't before, we come out going, "Oh my god, isn't Black Widow the coolest?" I mean, we do, yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of those things. It, it, it like, doesn't cartoon it, like yeah. make it so that she's the focal point still, just because she's the most badass and the coolest thing in the movie. The problem is, she gets upstaged by two other characters. Yeah, I don't, and, and although I do I, love I, the fact that we see in her spare time, she watches Bond films and knows them word for fucking yeah. word, <laughs> specifically the Roger Moore era. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You want a safe so, house? Great. Oh, what do I need? Well, I need this, I need this, I need this, and I need uh, uh, fucking... Um, Moonraker. Moonraker. <laughs> fucking hell. Um, Her fixer was Rick Mason. Yeah. he's. We, we were asking, weren't we, afterwards, we were like, does he does he get named? Um, yeah, they drop Mason. One of them drops Mason in yeah, the conversation. It's Yelena, I think. Um, but again, that's what I mean, going back to like the editing thing. Yeah. It's like the fact that he doesn't get a proper yeah. naming... Mm. Like we just know that he's a fixer. Yeah. Um, and for anyone who's like, that name sounds familiar, you probably played Miles Morales. Uh, Rick Mason is the older brother or younger brother, based on which continuity, of Phineas Mason, the Tinkerer. Yeah. Although these, these two versions not related, definitely aren't yeah. related because the Tinkerer is the uh, sort of scruffy bearded chubby guy in Homecoming who's like in his late 20s at the most. Mm. So they ain't related. Um, but again, whatever, adaptation. It's just a shame they didn't really do more with it. Like we get the sense, the sense that he's got contacts. Yeah. So like allude that maybe he's a former shield or something. Just give us a little something. I think that this movie's more concerned. This I think this is part of what you mean by he sort of plays a Q role. Yeah. But but at least we know Q's called Q. Yeah. <laughs> we get a yeah. sense of like what his deal well, is. I think this is what you mean by by saying that the script needs needed another pass. Yeah. It's just like things like that where. They're more concerned with characters show up and do a thing, mm. but they're less concerned with 
who those characters actually are yeah. and what their relationships are, um, apart from the central four. And the the problem being is that this, of the central four, two of the performers are clearly having a better time than anybody else mm. and just run away with the whole film. Namely, Florence Pugh and David Harbour. I mean, oh, bit, of a sh- bit, a, bit of a shame when it comes to um, Rachel Wise because like, they don't know much to do. She, she's good in it. Yeah. And... But then you look at the function of Melina in it outside of the, again, the best part, the familial element within Act 2. Yeah. Um, her function is to tell Natasha to sever her, like, her nerve endings in her nose. Yeah. Break herself and Alexia out of the cell. And then she gets a cool action beat on the Red Room base, like, where she's, like, ziplining around and kicking ass. Yeah. But it's kind of like, okay, and... But that's also, I guess, again, a fault of the script because we don't see... The last we see Melina, she, she gets shot in the prologue. Yeah. And then we don't see her again until, you know, 21 years yeah, later yeah. where they go to her for information and yeah. it's like, yeah. Um End of the second act, start of the third act is where Melina comes back into it and it's just... Yeah. They, they do so much. One thing we've not brought up as a nitpick is, and some people might be going, why have you not brought it up yet? It's Taskmaster. Because... I think both of us had no fucking problem with what they did with the Taskmaster. Taskmaster's fine, yeah. Like, it's, it's a neat concept. They, they... It's, it's really weird to see the internet suddenly stand yeah. the Taskmaster in a way with an annoyed that it isn't a direct translation. It's like... They've it's taken like, the concept yeah. and they've retooled it so it connects to the main villain of the film mm. and also ties into Natasha's history because that's what this film's about. Yeah. Again, I think the script kind of fumbles the execution of those ideas but it's a neat idea and, and it, it's, it's kind of what you want to do what's the coolest actually. thing about Taskmaster if you if you just say to somebody you just introduce someone to the idea of the character you give them like a five minute presentation of like here's, here's the Taskmaster here he is in animation and yeah. here he is like in some comic panels like what would they say is the coolest thing they go oh the fact that he mimics everyone that's really cool there you go that's in the film it's uh, completely covered either that the Taskmaster or... mimicking abilities and, and tech and fighting styles is in the movie. Either that or a really cool fucking skull helmet, which is also in the movie. So Um, there we go. But then everyone goes like, you know, what about his personality? If anyone is listening to this and is like, they did the Taskmaster dirty, guys, Tony Masters wasn't in this film. No. They did not do him dirty. He's not in the film. Yeah. There's a character referred to as the Taskmaster program in the film that does the things that the Taskmaster does. It ain't him. Guess what? It's a protocol. It's a bunch of tech. They'll probably bring him in at some yeah, point. Yeah, if they want, they can still use that version of Taskmaster if they want. Yeah. But they use this version of Taskmaster and did something interesting with it. Yeah. And again, I love the Taskmaster as a character. But I just, I, I've adored him. I, I I've read like that this... Deadpool run where he's a prominent figure. I've read that run of um, Agent X where he's a prominent figure. Yeah. Uh, the Nick Spencer stuff with him and Black Ant in the last few years has been freaking hilarious. <laughs> like, uh, in, in the Amazing Spider-Man. Like, Taskmaster's great. I fucking adore Taskmaster. I, I'm sick of the Avengers uh, Square Enix game version of him because they still haven't come up with any more fucking supervillains. I'm so bored of seeing him. But I love Taskmaster. I have no problem with what they did with the Taskmaster. Yeah, I, don't, I think I don't, it serves this don't see film what the issue is. brilliantly. It is you want weird. him being all snarky and quippy, we've got Alexi and Yelena for yeah. that. If you, everyone was being quippy quippy, you'd be complaining that it was Avengers 1 again. You'd be like, it's just, and we've seen this. It's like you the, know. O- the only odd thing about Taskmaster is the cast Olga Kirilenko is in, in her 40s. 
Yeah, playing like, someone who must be like who's meant to be like sixteen, maybe. Because again, no, because so, she's, she's so Budapest happens five years before the events of Avengers. Avengers is twenty twelve, so this is yeah. uh, two thousand seven, right? Yeah. In that, she's clearly about seven or eight at the most. Yeah, uh, maybe a, a very sort of like oh, I'd say very young-looking seven, eight, maybe, maybe nine or ten. Okay, so let's, get a good let's look say nine. Really. Let's yeah. say nine. So nine, Black Widow takes place in twenty sixteen. So nine years later, eighteen at the most. Played by a forty-one-year-old actor. Yeah, that's it's, weird. It's just odd. Even, that is a even weird, with the sort weird of touch, scarring, and she's got a very youthful face. Yeah, it's just but an it odd is choice. kind of like, what are you going to do with that? Like, if you choose to bring her back at some point, but then again, that's something where another draft of the script would have helped because you could explain that they've been like, um, oh my god, what's his name? Drakov. Drakov. Thank you. You could explain that Drakov has been doing experiments on her this entire time. Yeah. She could have been aged up. She could have been part, like, to help with the mimicry. She could have been given sort of a version of the Russian super soldier serum. Do you know what I mean? Just something to explain that she's been tampered with. Because that's another thing in the film. He explains that she's essentially been, she's been brainwashed the same way the current widows of the Red Room have. Mm. Um, uh, Which is revealed by the whole plot of this being an antidote to cure them of the brainwashing. Is that the brainwashing is not necessarily just like, you know, um, you know, stare at like fucking uh, our man Flint, stare at the spinning yeah, disc and yeah. become my slave. Like it's yeah. it's more of a they've been chemically and neurologically conditioned over years yeah. to be this, but that chemical has a hitch in it, and someone has discovered a cure, and that's the whole crux of the movie. Yeah. Um, so and that's you know, Yelena is a brainwashed like soldier until she's hit with the cure, and then suddenly's like, oh fuck, I remember my family, I remember all this. We need to. Well, they, it out. they 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 sort of imply later on that they remember all that stuff anyway. But yeah. the conditioning means that they're they sort just of plow on with the mission. Yeah, they, and they can't Taskmaster, break that she has also got that. Yeah, because she's set free at the end. So that's why she's following orders. Yeah, that's why she's doing what she's doing. As oh. far as the mimicry, we are told that she's had a skill at learning all this as time goes by. But also, we see her at one point, one of the widows plugging like a drive into the back of her helmet to load in the next mission. Yeah. So it's like right. So the Taskmaster abilities are not necessarily. Um, Dracov's daughter's exclu- uh, uh, Antonia there's your Tony Masters reference yeah. they're not necessarily Antonia's superpower that might be the suit yeah it's never so, really made clear so. yeah which again one more pass in the script would have helped with that but it means that the Taskmaster as a concept could completely be based on the suit yeah. abilities so if anyone's listening to this and still going but they did my boy dirty you didn't kick up a fuss with Whiplash having Crimson Dynamo's origin, did you? No. You don't give a shit that the new Mandarin, though closer to the original, still isn't the Mandarin. You don't give a shit about that. Oh, what's that? You, you, you complaining about Obadiah State? No, no, thought not. No, okay. no, I didn't think so. Let's move on. Isn't it um, interesting, though, that the majority of the complaints about it online that have really dug into it all seem to stem from accounts that are also really mad she's a woman? I'm just saying there's a Venn diagram. Anyway, um, if you're a fan of Taskmaster, be happy. They were never going to do your Taskmaster in a movie. Yeah. You got a version of it. Deal. Um, I'm annoyed at what they've done to a lot of the Spidey characters, but you know what I'm not going to do? Spend hours on Twitter complaining about it. No, you just t- complain to me about it. Yeah, on a podcast. And your poor, Content! Poor, and your poor, poor wife. Sorry, she's, she's gone deaf in one ear. <laughs> on purpose. She's just like... She just like folds it. Do you remember when you kids and you'd be people going, look at this, they fold their ear yeah. and She just does that now, but she doesn't even touch it. It just goes like a like a plant pod and just like retracts into itself. 
Speaking of attracting into itself, should we talk about things we liked? Uh, that segue didn't make sense, but no one noticed. David Harbour. Oh. And Florence Pugh. Oh, my God. Just having a ball. A whale of a time with their um, with their roles. Um, very happy that we are getting more Yelena, because I think Florence Pugh's great. She's amazing. Um, I mean, and, and, and that, post, scene, that post-credit like, scene. Is this the first time a post-credit scene for a movie has gone, you're all going to watch this TV series, right? Yeah. But I don't hate that because even in the context of the films, that still makes sense. Yeah, you're like with with the Contessa, Julie Louise Dreyfus yep. returning, uh, or rather making her first appearance. Oh, I, I completely technically. forgot. I knew she was supposed to be in this, yeah. and then completely forgot about it until the end credit scene. I was like, oh yeah, she was supposed to be in this. As uh, yeah, yeah, which is again, they don't explain who she is in this. So if this had been her first appearance, it would be who's this lady? It would have been. Um, it would have been a lot of. Uh, who that? Of YouTube videos going, Contestant explain. Ah. There still will be those, let's yeah. be honest. But, I mean, um, there were those when we got, um, when she popped up in Falcon and Winter Soldier, so. For um, continuing, or rather further, for furthering the suspicion that she's putting together, like the MCU's equivalent of the Thunderbolts, basically, yeah. like a, an anti Avengers team. Or the Dark Avengers. Dark Avengers. Uh, but yeah, um, I think that's, which that's mean, a good which idea. Which means Elaine will be an antagonist in Hawkeye. Presumably. Which is interesting because the premise of Hawkeye has been revealed as um, uh, it's sort of similar to like um, My Life is a Weapon. It's like there's a shitload of assassins after him. Oh, okay. Because so of all like, the shit you did during, during Endgame. Yeah. So I kind of like, like that. It's like, oh, if she's leading the charge, then that's kind of interesting. Yeah. I'm up for that. Good crossover. And it means more Florence Pugh, which will make me happy. She is the ideal sort of fake out antagonist in this. Um, she's brilliant. She's like, a great little, foil to Natasha. She's a brilliant really little sister. Good, yeah. Oh my god, the sisterly thing plays off immediately. Just, and watching the behind the scenes, I, I don't think the um, the uh, Marvel Studios assembled uh, documentaries out as of this recording, but no. it's, it is coming and uh, on Disney Plus. And just the snippets they've shown so far of them just hanging out and making each other piss themselves. It's like, yep, yeah, that's why the chemistry was so good. They got along. Yeah. So well. Um, which made me very very happy, and and I like her look. I like that it's sort of, it's it's a, it's a less, well, it's a, it's a not at all egregiously sexy version yeah. of, um, Yelena's sort of styles from the comics. Yeah, because Yelena in the comics, for those who don't know, she's not Natasha's sister, but they're sort of sisterly in the fact that they both went the same through the same program. Um, she's, Yelena's, she's mostly Yelena's, a villain. She's older. She's mostly a villain. Yeah. Um, um, she's uh, she's been on the Thunderbolts. She's she's yeah. uh, she's been a <laughs> a projected love interest of Deadpool, yeah. which she has then played into to basically get him to fuck up and help Norman Osborn, her then boss in the Secret Invasion, by taking the Nick Fury weapon that Deadpool was given yeah. off of him. And um, and she's been she's been an enemy of the Avengers. She's been an ally. She's just a fun. Like, oh, we need a cool spy character, a spy villain character. Bring in Yelena. Let's yeah. go. Black Widow 2. And she's been Black Widow for a period as well at one point. <clears throat> yeah. Um, she usually goes by Black Widow and they just clarify mm. which one it is. Because yeah. one's blonde and one's a redhead. Black Widow 2. Um, um, so it, it's a nice interpretation of it. And again, like anyone kicking up a fuss about Taskmaster, Yelena's not comic accurate. No. But they do something interesting with her. As is Red Guardian. He ain't comic accurate, but I'll tell you what he is. Fucking great. Yeah. Um... So we get the sense that Alexi was brilliant at what he did. Yeah. He was Russia's super soldier. He was famous in Russia, but he was mostly downplayed around the rest of the yeah, world. Yeah, it would have been a propaganda thing. Yeah, and he was he was active in the 80s and 90s. 
Likes well, to say early that he 90s. fought Captain America, but couldn't have. But then insists on it later. Yeah. So it's like, was there another? No. Was I there think, another one? I think I think he was probably lied to. He was probably sent on a bunch of like, um, sort of sham missions for propaganda. Mm. But he didn't know they were sham missions. Yeah. Maybe he thought they weren't a soldier. He was just told that's Captain America. They've been keeping him. Maybe. Keeping him going, maybe. Know? Maybe it was. <clears throat> I mean. Based on when he actually fought him, uh, maybe it was Isaiah Bradley. Oh, possibly. If it was like the 70s, there's a bit of a crossover there. Possibly. 60s, 70s. But, uh, you know, maybe not. Um, but it's interesting because it's like, okay, all right. I see. I see. Um, I love the arm wrestling bit in the present. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, boo, boo, boo. <laughs> he's um, such a prick. He's such a dick. I, I love, love his it. action figure. This little cheesy yeah. action figure, like like a roll call, like like theme song when you press the button. Um, and he has all these slow. He's like communism slogans and all that. It's just covered in tattoos yeah. as well about the motherland and everything. You're just like, oh, good lord, okay, you are really? a propaganda machine. But he's woken up from the from the sort of the yeah the the the, 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 the you know pop. Uh, um, I think he's he, still he's woken in, up from yeah. the dream. Like he, he believes he believes in the, the pure intent of what he got into. Yeah. But he knows that everything that put him where he is today was bullshit. Yeah. And he was a pawn in a bigger game. Yeah. And he's sort of disillusioned by that, but he's still a, you know. And he, or, but he still believes in the ideals that he fought for and he still believes in his family. Yeah. He just is like, Dracov's a twat. Yeah. <laughs> he was using me. What an arsehole. Because you do, you see that relate when he, they were landing Cuba and they sort of give each other that little kiss on the cheek kind of moment. You're like, okay. These guys are close. And now he's like, I would ring his fucking neck. And that was another thing that was missed out that would have been great. Have another scene with them two yeah. together. He just gets thrown around um, by Taskmaster a bit. Let's, let's touch on Dracov temporarily. Um, bless Ray Winston. Bless Ray Winston. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> for trying with his accent. Here's the thing. The accent, it's not bad. I think the accent's the only thing that takes away from his performance. Oh, he's great. Because he's great. he is... <laughs> Fucking detestable. Yeah, Ray Winston's great at being menacing. He always has been. He's proper slimy um, and really horrible. And it and it works. And it's that whole like, it's that it's that um, drunk, creepy granddad energy. It's just like he's really, really unpleasant, and he should be. And that's the point. It's it's that whole thing of like I basically rule the Western world, and they don't realize it. Yeah. Um, you know, I've got I've got operatives I can send at any time, like, and I'll never run out of them because that's one thing that's one resource the world will never run out of. Lost little girls. Yeah, and it's like oh my god, and and it's it's sort of creepy without being sexual. It's it's do you know what I mean? Like here's that moment where he's touching Melina's face, and you're like oh that's a bit, but then you realise no, he's trying to take the mask off because he's already twigged that it's Natasha. Yeah, at that point, so it's like okay, that's creepy. Um, and, and again, like he's got, he's got the kill grave kind of pheromone thing in this case that like you can't hurt him and he's conditioned all these women, but there's no like sexual predatory thing in this. He's mm. literally like, he thinks so little of women. He's like, oh no, I turn them into killers because that's a tool. Yeah. And then I'll get rid of them and that's it. Like it, it, it which it's sort of creepy on a, I respected the fact they didn't go down the sexualized route almost because it was like, you can do creepy on another level. Yeah. And that would have been the more obvious way to go. But we've had that in the MCU. We had it with Kilgrave. Yeah. So, you know, and 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 it's still creepy. I love... It's a, it's stupid. It's really stupid. Yeah. But, it would, <laughs> but it would fit in a Bond film. The idea of, oh, no, no, like, uh, nose plugs, whatever, wouldn't help you. Yeah. Oh, your breath won't help you. You've got to shatter the nerve in your nose. That is a very, like, Bond way. Of, yeah. Would this film have benefited if it just lent more into the Bond? 
Probably. Like, uh, uh, specifically the Roger Moore, Pierce Brosnan kind like of tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, era. I think it just could have done with another another draft on the script. Because, mm. it's, again, it's, it's, Volko's a great villain, yeah. and, and it's it's that Winter Soldier thing of Alexander Pierce is your antagonist, the Winter Soldier is is the super-villain yeah. right-hand um, threat, right-hand man threat working on behalf of the villain, and that sort of works really well. Yeah. And same here, Dracov's the villain, Taskmaster's their henchman. I, I, I think... And I, then that horrible thing of like, that's my daughter. It's... You bastard. Yeah. She's like this because you tried to kill me. You bastard. Maybe an explanation as to how he got out of that would have been interesting. Yeah, quite. Because um, that explosion was very big and they were both in that room. Also, great work in terms of makeup in that scene unless there was some digital trickery. Because Scarlett Johansson in that scene, the flashback, set five years prior to Avengers, sat in that car waiting for the bomb to yeah. the bomb. Looked like early twenties. Yeah, yeah, there's plenty of sort of like digital touching up in this because mm. they've got the flashback with the younger David Harbour and younger Rachel Vice. Um, I wonder how much they did on them in that because like probably not a ton. Because the thing is with David Harbour, he instantly looks younger when you shave his face. Yeah, like yeah, he instantly yeah. looks younger. And Rachel Vice is sort of like not aged since like the mid two thousands. No, <laughs> no. Um, um, is this the uh, first? Movie family unit where you completely are unashamed to say you would smash. <laughs> Just turning the tone again. Um, I mean, I guess they're not technically related, so yeah. it wouldn't be t- Got town. too weird. Got a town. <laughs> yeah, probably. Arba's got the beard. You can hold on to that and just. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. Bye uh, bye, Miss American Pie. Um, Indeed. So, but he's wonderful. I love the suit design. It is that whole yeah. like. It is that thing, isn't it? Of like, oh, it's our version of Captain America, right down to the fucking star on the chest. Yeah, and and, and his relationship with Elena is such an important part of the film. Mm. Um, because she idolized him as dad. Yeah, which is a get, which is opposite to how everyone else has seen him in his life till he was screwed over, where they idolized him as the Red Guardian. Yeah, and it's like she actually she loved the man, not the icon, and she's so upset and disappointed by him. And that's the thing as well; he is like he cares for them. But he also is a shit heel. Like he is, yeah. he, he's he's uncaring and ignorant, and you know, and it's he's not like he's not a horrible dad. He's just a deeply flawed he's man. He's just a very very horrible person. Yeah, yeah and it's 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 like yeah, all that st- the, the familial stuff. Um, aside from the throwaway dirty sex joke I made a moment ago, like all of that is mm. the best part of the film. Yeah. And those two really, really, really carry it. Um, okay, let's talk highlights. Uh, most, worst part of the film? In like, worst sort of moment of the film for you? Uh, that title sequence. Uh, suffocating that pig. Come on now. Uh-huh. Didn't need to leave it that long. Didn't uh-huh. need to leave- you made your point, Melina. You made me not like you in that moment. Yeah. Um, uh, but that was the point how cold and unfeeling she and Thingy are despite being all like oh it's lovely to see you anyway I'm going to suffocate this pig yeah. uh, and also that oh, but, but then again it led to a brilliant performance from Florence Pugh where she's obviously not saying anything no. and you can see she's like just that, simmering could, on the that was yeah. me before yeah, the chemical yeah. like holy shit um, it's traumatic and I love the fact she basically just chugs vodka like it's water yep um, not to lean into the Russian stereotype but proper, totally proper Russian Russian yeah. <laughs> um, uh, coolest moment in the movie uh, there's, there's a fair few, but for me, it's it's the proper hand to hand combat. The first time Natasha faces off against the Taskmaster, that is very good. Because um, even though she gets her ass beat, seeing the fight styles 
happen. And then, oh my God, because I'm like whipping out the Captain America shield to deflect the bullets. Yeah. And then Spider-Man swinging on the cord. Yeah. And then landing in the exact same fucking way she does. And then they both correct each other and they are a mirror. It was like, that's how you show the power set. Yeah. So easily. It's like, oh, just there it is. That was great. I think for me, it's probably the prison break. Yes. Oh, poor people who work there who, yeah. had, who weren't bad guys and were just feeling their families would have drowned in an avalanche. Yeah, because it's just there's, there's, you got three sort of. That was segments. a really good set piece. Actually. Yeah, yeah. You've got because you've got the ground level with Alexi trying to get out. You've got uh, floundering. Like, yeah. you, you, this could be so much easier if you don't make a scene. And he immediately makes a scene. Yeah. He's like, before I leave, I'm gonna fuck up the guards. But he also has these, these really neat moments where he's just like leaping. Yeah, sort of free climbing, and you sort of get to show off his, the fact that he is enhanced. Yeah, like dude, um, he, he is. He has somehow on a prison diet let himself go. Yeah, <laughs> so maybe he's stealing other people's lunches or something. Uh, when you're I not, don't know. Oh, probably, just, yeah, probably. or maybe the serum's wearing down a bit. Uh, yeah, it was not. It's not going to be a perfect. It's not the Steve Rogers one. No. That was the one. Um, so that, that was the super soldier serum that worked perfectly, and everyone's been chasing it ever since. Um, and, and then finally gets done in Falcon and the Soldier with the flag smashes. Yeah. So you've got him um, like on the on the ground. You've got Tasha on the bridge, and you've got Elena in the helicopter, and just they're they're sort of interplay. They're banter. They're and she gets the Gatling gun. Yeah. So the rocket launcher and fires at the, yeah. the the Gatling gun mount on top of the turret. Very good. Oh, so British. She's just like fuck's sake. Yeah. Deals with that. And gets this. back in the seat and is like, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's just a really neat sequence. Really, really neat really sequence. As, as, as far as action set pieces go in the movie, that's probably the best one. And it comes more or less bang in the middle. So yeah, it's just sort of middle peak. Um, I'm giving an honourable mention to the, the motorcycle chase because yeah. I kind of like the ballsiness of the Taskmaster just being in a fucking tank assault vehicle. I feel like there's some dodgy CGI in that though. Oh yeah. Oh no, yeah. There's a few bits in there yeah. where it's like, hmm. But, um, like with the, with the, the armoured vehicle coming around the corner looks weird at one point mm. and then the way that the car, the car that they're in when it gets flipped just sort of bounces down into the into the yeah. uh, the subway station it just feels a bit weightless I love the um, force of it though like just, just the, the, there's a couple of moments where it just like rams and stuff yeah. and you go oh they don't care like this is how desperate they are to stop that chemical being yeah. reproduced like yeah. they don't care about being out in the open in a they don't care tank. about collateral damage no. they're not fussed um, um, so yeah. because again it can be explained away Dracov's got enough like world leaders in his pocket that he can be like just say that there was a military test, military test gone wrong yeah. or something like yeah. it, just, it could just be a throwaway thing um, uh, any particular character beat or moment that you're like that was that was Bob on because I mean for me it's I keep going back to it but it's the, it's the dinner sequence in the second act where they're all sat on the table he made toilet on my hands <laughs> um, yeah that whole sequence between and it cuts back and forth from between <laughs> Um, Alexa and Yelena and Tasha and uh, Melina but the best stuff is Alexa and Yelena and, and him sort of like trying to relate to her I wanted to be alone yeah I don't want to talk alright then we just sit <laughs> yes yeah. and he's desperately trying to sort of relate to her and it's not until he remembers the song yeah and that she realises that he knows every fucking word of it and has remembered it Meaning that, that they have that, he cared, yeah, like he invested that, in that. Yeah, they they do have that connection. I think that's a really really strong character sequence, and um, yeah, I know we're going to see more of Elena. I, I hope we see more of Alexi as well. Um, I think about those those key bits. Um, off to, I mean, obviously, time kind of changes these things, but like, where do you sort of 
which kind of say say the say there's the A tier where it's like these are the MCU movies that just just fucking delivered B tier. Do you know what? Pretty damn great. Mm. I have fun with these. C tier. Kind of missed the mark, but let's face it, no MCU movie has been a bad movie. There's yeah. just been some that missed stuff. Where would you stick it? Because I'm kind of like, I think it sort of sits at the bottom of B tier for me. I think it's top end of C tier. Like it's better than like your Iron Man two, your Thor: The Dark World. I need to rewatch a lot of these actually because I've well, not watched a lot of them. I in think a few Dark, years. Dark World might might hit different now that Marcus and McFeely have really made it integral to everything well, I don't think in the that, last few years. I like, don't think that can save... Not the film itself, the, the no, film itself but, but, but I wonder if it'll feel different knowing... Maybe. Knowing how interwoven it is, in particular to Thor and Loki's story arcs. Yeah, maybe. And later stories. Because um, um, it is weird that this this is essentially a very long TV series. This is very essentially a serialised yeah. um, story over yeah. 23 films. So, it, it, yeah, I can, I can see that maybe changing. But I'm going to have to re-watch a lot of these because I'm not... A lot of these I've actually not seen since their like home release. Like I don't think I've rewatched all the Dark World since it was uh, since its DVD release. I definitely haven't rewatched. Um, yeah, where are all the Malekith stands complaining? Yeah, fuck Malekith over. I am. I'm, I've definitely haven't watched like Iron Man two for about five or six years. Um, so I I might have to go back and sort of rethink my rankings on these. I, quite, um, I still quite like Iron Man 2. Uh, I, I it, it's a filler. It's absolutely filler. But there's enough in there that I'm yeah, invested in. Really, Justin Hammer and I think Mickey Rourke's performance is really interesting. I don't really dislike any of the Marvel movies. The suitcase armor. Yeah, yeah. Silver Centurion. It's pretty Love fucking it. cool. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I, Stark sitting in a donut. It's an iconic meme image. Yeah. <laughs> Just sitting in a donut eating donuts. It's infinitely memeable. <laughs> Yeah, I think this is it. You know, it's it's towards the lower end of of, of Marvel's quality arc. Yeah, but it was a really, it was a really nice night out at the cinema. Though. It was a really nice night out at the cinema. It was a really and, nice reintroduction. If you have the you know, option, folks, and you are like you know psychologically braced to do it, um, I'd recommend seeing it in the cinema over streaming it. I think you're yeah. I think you're paying a little. But for the experience of the film itself, I think you're paying a little too much to stream it on all access. Oh, yeah, all yeah, access. Yeah. yeah, That being said, depends on how many people are in your house. Yeah. And also, genuinely, if you're like, I just can't face the cinema, I'd say, yeah, go for it. But don't rush. No. Don't rush. No, it, no. It's, 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 it's not... Because it's a prequel, nothing that is said about it on the internet will spoil the MCU experience for you no. if you want to wait for it to be free. And also, because. like... It's just not. It's not that good. Yeah, like it's not bad. Um, it's it's a quote unquote bad Marvel movie mm. is still better than a lot of other movies. Yeah. Case in point, I watched the Tomorrow War oh, last why? week, and it's dreadful. Why did you do that? Um, so why? it's a hell of a lot. Even even <laughs> why if it's. Did a, you do that? yourself it's just a plot hole the it, whole film's a plot it hole it wasn't my choice um oh god um, we both regret it oh, uh god. so but the entire film's a plot hole but it gave us a, a chuckle we're going back to get warriors but why don't you just go back and stop the thing that starts the war in the first just, place don't 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 doesn't make no how are you all going to be alive if all your 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 your, your family that came from the past die just, in the future uh, mm, mm, mm. can we please stop giving crisp rat Leading roles. I'd love to get into it, but I think we need to wrap up this week's podcast. That's um, true. That's true. Because I've got things to do. Uh, You've got people to do but, and places to think. Yes. Wait, what? Be back here. <laughs>
Same time next week. Mm. Not you, the listeners. The listeners. Ah. Um, <laughs> be back here. You, I'm going to see you before then. Yes. Uh, so be back here. Same time next week. Uh, we will talk about the Loki finale. In depth. Um, in, in, in deep, deep depth. In, are we going to go elbow deep? Yeah. I think. And I'll, I'll, of course, get your comments about that. Black Widow, whatever else is on your mind. In before Friday the 16th in the yep. evening. That's your target. If you don't get them in by then, we'll read them out the week after. So if you do miss it, that's fine. We'll read yeah. about the week after. BigDamnContact at gmail.com or tweet us at BigDamnCast. Uh, you can watch us stream at twitch.tv forward slash BigDamnStream. I'll be doing some Detroit Become Human on Sunday night. Ooh, um, and then... Get your Clancy, uh, get your you Clancy do, out make it brown. Oh, the best part of that game is, is Clancy <laughs> Brown. and uh, uh, but, uh, Hank and Connor. But yeah, that's another thing. And... Uh, yeah, if you want to support us, you can do that over at patreon.com forward slash bigdamncast. There's always a bit of money to help us keep doing this uh, nonsense and grow a bit in the future. So, yes, uh, thanks for joining us and be good to each other. And, uh, you know, Clancy Brown is in there too, remember? Yeah. Can you remember, audience? Just checking. That's the whole thing.